the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. Today's message is going to be a little PG-ish. So we're going to learn some things. And uh, if you don't want your youngster asking you certain questions... You might want to lead them right into children's church right about this point, and we'll save your seat. Um, but I would say this, our kids are hearing this stuff anyway. The best place to hear it is in, in God's house, all right? But God's Word comes to not only heal, but also correct. And if you've ever broken a leg or an arm, you know, as bad as that break was, then the doctor pulls it to set it back in place for it to heal. So if you feel any pulling, it's just God trying to set some things back in your hearts, all right? So bear with me through this, this process and it will be healing. Father, open eyes, illuminate hearts. We come to you hungry for your word, hungry for truth. This word was recorded so it could teach us some stuff. So Father, may we learn from the book and not from life. And we give you all the honor for what you do. And the church says, amen. Amen. Again, Judges chapter 13 and verse 1. The writer of Judges starts with the word again. And the use of this term, again, lets us know that we're looking at a cycle. And you'll see this throughout the book of Judges. He'll say again, and then again, and then again. And their cycle went something like this. The people would turn from God to idols. Then God would hand them over to one of their enemies to oppress them. Then they'd cry out to God invariably for help. God would send a deliverer. And then they go back to idols And the process would go all over again. We tend to repeat what we don't repair. You know, every morning we make up our beds. Some of us make up our faces. But what God really wants is for us to make up our minds. And the children of Israel 
had not yet made up their minds about who Yahweh, who God was in their lives. Again, meaning this has been going on for a while, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So they were in church two Sundays, and then they were out for two months. They read the Bible for a while, but then they let other things quickly crowd all that out. They prayed to the Lord, and God is a good God, and he blessed. But then they became more enamored and more preoccupied with the blessing than the God who gave it in the first place. You see, God will tolerate a lot of things, but he will only tolerate being second for so long. And this was the case with the children of Israel. Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They fell back into idolatry. And idolatry occurs because you may say, well, I don't have any statues in my house. You know what? I don't rub Buddha's belly, none of that stuff. But idolatry occurs whenever we try to find ultimate security or meaning in anything other than God. St. Augustine summarized idolatry this way. He said, idolatry is worshiping anything that should be used and using anything that should be worshiped. Any place, any area in our lives where God is getting second, third, and fourth place, we have an idol. And the Lord responded and delivered them. Now, God didn't have to create this enemy. It's out there. And stuff that God gives us to is already out there. He didn't have to create. I mean, it's there. And what he did is he delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. So we're reading about the children of Israel. And you can think, well, yeah, those Jewish folks, they need to do a different flesh is flesh. And they are just like you and I. We face the same cycles and patterns in our lives. You know, we, 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 we wake up for a moment, then we turn from God to idols, and then we experience a period of oppression, and we don't say, why is this happening, Bo? We turn from God. And then we cry out, and say, okay, yeah, yeah, God's the answer. God delivers, but then we go back into that cycle, and after a while, we go back to idolatry. But I want you to notice in the book of Judges, and perhaps you should read it on your own, with each cycle in the book of Judges, the decline in the people gets lower and lower. But also, as you pay attention to what happens in the book of Judges, also the deliverers get more and more flawed. So you had some relatively good deliverers at the beginning, Deborah and some of those names I can't pronounce, but we're about to get to, 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 to chapter 13. And uh, with the birth of Samson, we're near the bottom of the barrel. And lessons in life are repeated until they're learned. So the children of Israel had not yet learned, so they kept repeating this cycle, and again, it kept going uh, down, further down and down. You'll notice that in your life. You know what? Uh, you know, at first, you know, you, you walked away a little bit, and you had some problems, but then you did it another time, and then you had some deeper problems, and then you did another, then, then it, you know, deeper problems. And this is a pattern we could very easily get into in our lives. Verse 3, and an angel of the Lord appeared to the woman. 
Again, we're in chapter 13, so we're nearing the bottom of the barrel when it comes to leadership in Israel. Uh, Samson's mother here, and he said to her, indeed now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, her barrenness should not be a surprise to us because, you know, we're, we're learning this, this, this Bible, and we discover in the Bible that typically it's our greatest challenges, they, they tend to occur in the areas that God tends to, uh, wants to use us most, most greatly. Let me see if I can say that better. Joseph was rejected by his brothers in that same area because he was called to save his brothers. Does it make sense yet? David was anointed king, but then immediately he was persecuted by the existing king. Do you see the pattern? Areas that God has called us to are often the areas we we receive some of the greatest challenges. God promised Abraham, Abram at the time, in chapter 12, that he would be the father of a great nation, that the redeemer would come through his, his loins. But watch this. His wife, Sarah, was barren. And then, you know, this, the, the Messiah was supposed to come through a certain line, and not only was Sarah barren, Isaac's wife, Rebecca, was barren. And then after that, Jacob's wife, Rachel, was also barren. Does anyone notice a pattern? Your greatest areas of struggle often reveal your assignment. So that, that's just kind of the way things are. Verse 4. Now, therefore, he's speaking to the mom, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink and not to eat anything unclean. Now, this vow was not so much about food and drink because we know that Jesus turned water into wine. We know that Jesus uh, actually ate with hands that were people considered, the Pharisees considered ceremonially unclean. It's not really about food and drink. It's about discipline. The greater the responsibility, the greater the discipline that's required to handle it. All right. John Maxwell says this. He says, self-discipline will not not automatically make you a great leader. It, It won't do that. But no one can remain one long without it. So discipline is necessary. Like I said, this is going over like it did in the first service. So keep listening to me. Keep listening to me. Verse five. For behold... You shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. So what was happening here is God was positioning Samson for success. Now, he didn't accept some of the positioning in in the long haul, but from an early age, God was trying to teach Samson that he had to make peace with the fact that he was not always going to look like everyone else and he would not always act like everybody else. And at some time, you, at some point in your life, in your spiritual journey, you've got to make peace with the fact you're not always going to be doing what everyone else is doing. You're not always going to be able to act the way everybody else is acting. And you've got to make peace with that fact. And then God said, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Say with me, Philistines. Philistines. All right. So the Philistines are mentioned here, and uh, we're going to see them pop up again. 
But not only had the children of Israel developed a pattern, but we'll also see that Samson likewise had a pattern going on in his, in his life. He, was, he had some behavioral issues that God had to work out. Let's go to Judges chapter 14 and verse 1. Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw. If you have a hard Bible, underline the word saw. You see, the first look is seldom the problem. You can't help but notice it's the second, it's the third. That's when you start getting in trouble. It's them that, yeah, okay. And he saw a woman in Timnah of the daughter of the Philistines who were their enemies, as we just read. You see, Samson's problem was not so much a wondering eye, but a wondering heart. You can't be my friend and the best friend of my enemy at the same time. You can't be God's friend and a friend of his enemies at the same time. It just doesn't work. You might try it and you might feel it should work, but it just doesn't work. You'll always be forced to choose. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I've seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Say with me, overindulgent. His parents actually did what Samson asked. Now, his mother saw an angel. His mother had a dynamic encounter with God, but despite that encounter... The child is leading the parents. If you do not set boundaries for your children, don't be surprised if they don't set them for themselves either. All six of you, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You say, well, Bishop, I'm thinking. Okay, keep thinking, keep thinking. You see, it's not what you do for your children that make you a great parent. It's what you teach your children to do for themselves that makes you a good parent. Judges 16 and 1. A second time, let's watch Samson again. Different situation. Now Samson went to Gaza. Watch this. He saw his eyes again. A little, little street wisdom. You get a man's attention through his eyes, but you capture a woman's heart through her ears. So make sure that Slick Rick is not the only one telling your girl that she's beautiful. And some guys don't understand, how she with him? You know, he, da, 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 da. he told her she was beautiful. You stopped telling her that 20 years ago. Yeah, oh boy. Now Samson went to Gaza. He saw a harlot there. I mean, he, he, he saw her. I mean, he knew where she was. But it didn't stop him. When people show you who they are, believe them. Don't try to change them. Only God can do that. 
I've had to learn that the hard way. Despite everything he saw. And Samson went into her. Now Samson could kill a lion with his bare hands. Samson could defeat an army with a jawbone of, of, of an ass. But Samson could not defeat his zipper. Talent is a gift. Conviction is a choice. That bone's not set. Give it a second. We, we, we're going to get it where it needs to go. Verse 4. Afterward, it happened again. How many of y'all see a pattern? Yeah. That he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek whose name was Delilah, another Philistine woman. Once may be an isolated incident. Twice may be a freaky coincidence. But three times is a pattern. So we're starting to see a pattern in Samson's life. He had the strength of 10 men, but his Johnson didn't have the common sense of an eighth grader. And we could be full grown in our bodies, but not so much in our heads. And the Lord of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, entice him. You see, it's the areas of our lives that we don't surrender to God that the devil uses to destroy us, to devastate us. What you have to understand, Jesus calls Satan the father of lies. Meaning, he invented that. God did not invent the lie. Satan was the father of lies. Sin has a Lord. It was the Lord of the Philistines that came to Delilah representing the Lord of darkness in our lives. Laws have changed, but there used to be a time that if someone stole something from you and had it in their hand, you had the ability to take it back. And at times, even if it caused bodily harm, you, it was yours. You had a right to defend your stuff. Our country has changed, but in the spiritual realm, when you have something that doesn't belong to God, whoever it belongs to has a right to come and put their hand on it. Yeah. So those areas of our lives, we don't surrender to God. By default, we're surrendering to the adversary. And he has a right to invade that part of your life. And though your Sunday may be spiritual, 
though your spirit may be born again and saved. He gets access to your soul and your body through the things that belong to him that you let occupy them. Are you with me? So the Lord of the Philistines and the Lord of the flies come up to her and say, hey, entice him. Use your hip, lips, tips, and fingertips, and you know. And find out, watch this, where his great strength lies. This is important. Satan is not after what makes you average. He's after what makes you great. He's after what makes you great. He's at, he, he can handle average. He's comfortable with average. He's after what makes you great. And they said, find out but by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. Now, on the surface, it looks like Satan is offering us pleasure. But his goal is always ultimately bondage and affliction. Help me find out how I can afflict them. So he's looking for our weak spots to ultimately hurt you, harm you. He's a thief, a killer, and a robber. And then it goes on, it says, and every one of us, so the devil and his demons, will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. Now, Satan will offer you very real, very real, short-term rewards. But in the long term, it always costs you much more than the benefit. This is how it goes. It's sowing time. It's seed sowing time. And you decide, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not going to sow seeds. I'm, I'm going to stay home, watch television. I'm going to have parties every evening. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to sow seed. But then the boring people on your block, every day they're out there working and sowing seed. They, maybe they party at night. I don't know. But they're doing what they, they, they ought to do. But then harvest time comes, and it was pleasurable while you weren't sowing your seeds. But now it's not so pleasant when you have to beg to eat. It's not so pleasant when you don't have food on your table and the things you need. You see, he makes it sweet and joyful. You seem smart in the short term. But then when harvest comes, it becomes evident who had the right priorities and invested in the right places. Thank you for the comfort. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. I said this to the first service, I want to say it to you, maybe I'm simple. But she would have lost me right here. Show me how to hurt you. Watch verse 7. And dummy says, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bro strings just like 
she said, not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room. Now this is where it really gets freaky, like you said, yeah. She has guys under her bed listening. This is a complete mess. And she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he know he didn't tell her the truth. He broke the bowstrings and the strand of yarn breaks when it, like, like when a strand of, uh, of yarn breaks when it touches fire. So the secret of his strength was not known, but actually gets closer and closer to the truth as he keeps divulging stuff to this woman. See, th- thank God for a woman's beauty. Um, thank God for, for, for everything a man brings to the table. But you don't want to marry a woman just because of the way she looks. Let me say it differently. I know he got big old arms and big old chest, big old muscles. Tall, dark, and handsome. But how can two walk together unless they're agreed? Unless you share the same values. I don't care how pretty she is. I don't care how much of a hunk he is. It's going to end badly. Shared values, some of the most important stuff that you think it's all about, well, don't be unlegally yoked with an unbeliever. God's just being legalistic. God's trying to protect your narrow behind. He knows what's on the other side of two people without the same values. This has been Live Big with Derek Greer. Join us next time as we continue this teaching. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.